This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I'm speaking with Dr. Shelley Burns, who is an incredible advocate for women. She has over 20 years of experience as a chiropractic doctor and is also a fitness expert, life coach, and the creator of the Fit Menopause Blueprint. Hey, and thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Guess What? We're Changing the Name. We're now calling it Empowering Midlife Wellness used to be called Sexually Woke. So if you're subscribed to Sexually Woke, you'll still get the same channel, but just thought it was a good time to modify the name a little bit since we are talking about everything to do with being sexually woke, but really it's more than that. I think empowering midlife wellness just felt better. So let me see what you think about that. So welcome to the first episode of Empowering Midlife Wellness with the new name. And I'm super excited to have a, a friend of mine, Dr. Shelly Burns, joining us today. I actually met Shelly a few months ago because she planned the most amazing menopause summit that she can tell us a little bit about. She has 20 years of experience as a doctor of chiropractic. She's a fitness expert, a gym owner, a life coach. She's the creator of the Fit Menopause Blueprint and lots of other programs for women in perimenopause and menopause. And she's the author of a new book, so exciting, coming out in January next year called The Menopause Tsunami. I love that name, How to Ride the Hormone Waves like a badass. So welcome, Shelly. It's so great to have you. Thank you. I got that. I got that idea from you. It just fit everything I thought perimenopause felt like was a tidal wave of craziness. <laughs> Tsunami. Yeah. And it reminds me, another fitness friend of mine, um, Amanda, wrote a book called Menopocalypse. <laughs> I mean, it just kind of sums it up, doesn't it? It's just it's so much stuff. So, so welcome. And gosh, you know, when I just read your, your little short bio for a minute there, and of course I've read it before, it's like, wow, this, this lady's doing a lot of stuff. Um, so how did you get into this, Shelly? Like why has midlife and menopause become your passion, especially around fitness? It's, it's such a, you know, I'm doing this too. And it happened to me because I went into menopause, but what, what was your story? Why you became so passionate about this? Well, I like to call it my midlife crisis, even though I was only 43. I'm not sure if it happens that early. Um, but I was, I had everything going. Like I was, I was competing and Spartan races and like traveling all over the world, London and like everywhere in the United States. And I was just, I had so much going for me. Like physically, I, I played college basketball, but I felt really good physically. And then it's like, I kind of turned 40 and then I was um, right before COVID I had turned 42 and um, my races got stopped because of COVID. So I just stopped um, competing. And in the meantime, I had gained 22 pounds, but I was still active. I own, I own a gym, so I was still really active. But um, I was just trying to figure out what was going on with me. I was really frustrated. I had always been in control of um, my weight and how I felt. And I was doing all that stuff and not getting any results that I had always done. And I had, was having anxiety mild. And then it started growing to where I was like, I need some help for this. It's now controlling my sleep or affecting my sleep. So I went and got, um, was put on an anxiety med. And then two months later I went back cause it was worse. And I was like, listen, it's a little worse. So I'm like, Oh, we're just going to up the dose. So I, I tried that. Cause at this point, you know, I was, it was getting worse. And then I was like another two months and I had started having panic attacks, which I have never had. I mean, I mean, they would stop me. Like I'd be on the couch and all of a sudden I have to lay down or and I'm not used to that. I'm used to being able to function and at a high level and 
So I finally was like, felt crazy. I was like, listen, something's going on with me and it's obviously not anxiety. So I went to a psychiatrist, which everyone is surprised by that because she actually was right away was like, okay, are you having problems sleeping? Are you, do you wake up like just really soaking wet? Like you peed the bed. Are you having like mood swings, but like crazier than normal? And she just started asking those questions and I didn't know what she was asking, but she in turn said, I'm going to get, just get some blood work on you. So let me get these panels. So when they came back, she's like, okay, I was asking those questions because I figured you were in perimenopause because I wasn't sure. Mm. And my first response was, I'm not over 50. I'm not, I'm not in menopause. And she said, no, no, I'm not talking about menopause, perimenopause. Well, that was a new term for me. I just figured around, you know, just the word meant like a year or two before menopause, but not like, I mean, I was 43 when I started, actually everything started piling up. So you know, I know that's such a common story though. And I know you and I've talked about this before, but I think our listeners will feel so connected with that story because so many things in there that you said, one is that I'm so grateful that you saw a psychiatrist who knew something about perimenopause because a much more common story is we just get put on antidepressants or uh, other psychoactive drugs that are not treating the underlying problem. So thank goodness, she, this is, sounds like a really smart doctor, but also just touching into that truth that so many of us share that we're not expecting this to happen. And that even happened to me as a physician when it happened to me around 45, I did not expect it. I diagnosed myself with all kinds of other things. And I'm a gynecologist and didn't think about it being menopause because I, again, I didn't think I was old enough. You just, I don't know. I thought I was the only person in the world that wouldn't happen to. So we, we do kind of think we're going crazy. Yeah. I, same as you. I couldn't sleep. I started taking medications for that and, uh, you know, without taking hormones. So it's, it's so important that we get educated about this, isn't it? And that's one of the things that I love about what you're doing is, is educating women about all the different ways this presents. And it's not just something that happens the day you turn 50, not at all. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of, that's what started it is I went through my own journey and with my background, I was like, I can come up with something that's going to help me. Like I know fitness, I know nutrition, like I need to just not do what I've always done. So I started researching, you know, over 40 or even over 50, like the best diets, best um, ways to approach diet, nutrition, fitness. And it, it changed it actually changed what I was doing. Um, so what I was doing wasn't working anymore. So I had to rewrite myself a whole new program. And when people at my gym were like, what are you doing? Like something you're doing is different. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? The ladies were like, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. So I all of a sudden had this beta group of women who also started getting results. And that's kind of how I was like, I can help. And they're like, you need to get this outside of little Hendersonville, North Carolina and start distributing it. Cause it's really helped us. It's changed our life. And you know, so that's kind of how it all got started. Yeah. What a great story. Cause I can tell you in my office where I have, you know, see women all the time and you you're seeing uh, clients in a different setting, but the complaint is the same. I bet for both of us, the most common complaint is look, I'm doing the same thing I've always done and it's not working. And these are fit people. I mean, they're coming to see you at a gym and my, my patients are for the most part, very educated, take care of their bodies. They're doing the same thing. And that happened to me too. I'm eating the same. I'm exercising the same, but it's not working anymore. So, you know, what a great idea to come up with an answer for how to help women to overcome that problem because weight gain, you know, changes in sleep, all of those things happen to all of us in perimenopause. So, so that's a great story. And then, and then what happened? <laughs> well, um, 
it, it really just started this journey of wanting to know as much as I could. I started buying books. I started um, just looking at the science of, like I said, women over 40. And the thing is, a lot of the women that I started that started in the Fit Menopause Blueprint, they actually had been coming to my gym for years and they all had the kind of the same complaints over the years. Like I can't drop this extra 10 pounds. So nobody really needed to lose like a hundred pounds, but they were like at that frustrating 10, 25, 30 range where they're, it's like at this point it's affecting their life. Even just what most people think, Oh, 10 pounds, but that can affect, that can affect your clothes. That can affect your, you know, ego, your, your pride and anything that you're used to. So um, when they saw me getting results and they started just, I changed a little bit of what they were doing um, and then had them do um, increase in protein and within macros. And they started getting results after having been in my gym for two, three years doing CrossFit. It's like, I I changed what they were doing and they started dropping weight and um, toning up and, and feeling better and getting better sleep. They're like, I have not slept this good in a long time. And their energy, they're like, my energy is insane. Like I have this one lady, she's I think 62 and she is already was in the gym like four or five times a week. Well, she finished the blueprint and she now like her and her husband go out kayaking, mountain climbing or uh, rock climbing. I mean, she goes mountain biking. Like she does this, all this stuff. And she's like, I never had this energy before. Like Mm. I can, I feel like I can live my life and you get, you've changed my life. So when, when that start stuff started happening, I was like, okay, this is my calling. Cause I've always been in health and fitness, but I always felt like there was something more, um, that I, I needed to be used for. I'm like, there's something else. It's not just fitness. Like there's somebody else, there's somebody I can help. And so mm-hmm. I, I felt like everything just kind of clicked in place. And the next thing I know, I've been like really focusing on women 40 and over. Yeah. What a great niche to find. So tell us about the fit menopause blueprint. So the thing about any of my programs, it revolves around four pillars, fitness, nutrition, mindset, and self-care. So I found people that just focus on, you know, mindset or they're meditating in this, but they're not, they're not well-rounded or they're just doing, they're like, I'm really active, but they're missing the self-care and the mindset part. Right. So it's kind of like all four always have to encompass each other in order to get the ultimate result. So the Fit Menopause Blueprints itself is a 12-week program. It's um, high-end coaching, so it's a lot of one-on-one. There's a lot of accountability, which is what, in my women, they said they lack the most. Without me being there, they would have quit. So each day, I have an app where the workout gets loaded, videos of what the workout is, um, and they hit completed. So it alerts me right away when somebody has completed a workout. If somebody's missed like two or three days in a row, I can be like, hey, you know, something going on. Like It helps me be accountable to them also. Also with the nutrition part, at the end of every day, they have to send me a picture of their macro chart from like my fitness pal. Um, and that's an accountability thing too. They put that in the group, the ladies help each other. Okay. You're too high in fat. This is what I did. Or they all, everyone kind of helps each other. Um, and it gets really good results now, because that is a high-end coaching program, which means a lot of one-on-one I had to, I came up with like challenges, um, and, uh, six week blueprints just to kind of shorten it and make it more affordable and more in a group uh, setting. Cause that that's more one-on-one. So, but it does encompass those four things, which are just so important. Um, and we can break those down a little bit more if you, if you would like. Um, yeah, I would like, I would love to dig into that a little bit more because so I'm 54 and I'm, I've always been athletic like you still am. 
uh, but have found, you know, it, it gets higher and we do have to change things. And this is a, a question I get 10 times every single day. Every patient, I think without exception, and your clients probably similar are experiencing the same thing. So I love that it's not, to, you know, the, this old way that I was taught in medical school, maybe you were too during your training. It's just calories in, calories out. That's it. You know, 3,500 calories is a pound. All you got to do is be in 500 calories deprivation every day and you'll lose a pound a week. But it's just BS. It, it's just so much more complicated than that. It doesn't work. And so it, it gets very disheartening for, for patients who are trying that technique. They're saying, listen, I, I, I am, let me show you the chart. I'm, I'm eating 15, 1800 calories a day. I'm doing 800 calories of exercise. I'm eating what I'm supposed to, it's just not working. What, and then they give up or they get depressed or become more isolated and all of the things that, you know, that happens when we start becoming disillusioned. Yeah, so this is such a, a wonderful gift to be able to give people a, another way to be successful. And I love that there's all the different options with groups because that's so powerful. Yeah. So can, can we dig into that a little bit more? And then you can also tell us, because I think you you told me that you've got another course starting soon. That oh, yeah. I might even be able to do. Yes. Starting at the beginning of the new year. So mm -hmm. um, so with so the four pillars with fitness. My own personal journey is I was crossfitting four or five days a week. Um, but I always was worried about, because with CrossFit, we put a weight up there and it's like, let's say it's 95 pounds. Um, well, I always would do 95 pounds because that's just as a gym owner, I'm expected to do the weight that I put up there. I had the younger people. So I always felt this pressure of, of doing this weight. Um, and, and I was doing that four or five times a week. I was also running, um, training for my races and I had to change up. So basically what I learned in my research is that I was overdoing it for someone over 40. I was training too hard. Like sometimes I was having two days where I would do CrossFit and run. And I was just burning the candle at both ends. I was exhausting myself. My cortisol was high. So my, and my stress was high. So I was just burnt out. I was going to get no results anywhere with that. So what I changed for the fitness and what I do with my ladies is we do more of interval type training. So a set of dumbbells is all you need most. And these are delivered for at home. So you could do this at home or gym, wherever you want to do them. And, um, I require at least three times a week. And most of the workouts are 30 to 45 minutes in the workouts. We do, um, yoga for warmup. Cause I feel like that's people ignore those type of movements. Um, and then we do, uh, glutes and cores in every workout. Women love that glutes and core. And then the workout itself is sometimes circuit, sometimes round, like I try to change it. So you're not bored and it's always different. So the workouts never repeated so that you're never bored, which is one thing. A lot of people just get tired of doing the same thing over mm -hmm. and over. Yes, for sure. So, so, no, yeah. this is so interesting to me. And, um, back on a couple of earlier episodes, if you, if you guys want to scroll through the previous episodes on this podcast, I've done two different uh, interviews with Dr. Rupal Mather, who's a weight loss expert here in Houston. And she was the first person who ever told me about this situation where people can exercise too much. Cause this is actually what I was doing, you know, and when you're over exercising and we were never taught this, it was always like, you know, more exercise, the better burn more calories. We do get into a situation where our body, especially when we're older, feels like we are dying. Like, so our cortisol goes up, our body goes into fat storage mode. This incredible intelligence that our bodies have is saying, wait a second, something, something is not going well here. You know, if you were a cave person, that would make a lot of sense to try to go into fat storage mode when you're in a very high energy output situation, like a, a war or, you know, crazy things that happen 
thousands of years ago. So, so you, I love that this is something that people are learning now that you actually can exercise too much. And that's one of the reasons why we hit a wall. I mean, I was training for Ironman races and not losing any weight. Cortisol's, cortisol's high. That's a fat storing hormone. So that's an incredible piece of wisdom, I think. And what a relief. It's like, Oh, seriously, I can work out less. I can, thank you. <laughs> wow. I can actually work out less and lose more weight. And you, and then also maybe I need to eat more. Like you know, yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's it was, really blowing this all. Everything I learned about weight loss has just been blown out of the water these last few years. It's got, it just isn't true. Right. So it's yeah. a whole revolution. I mean, it, was, it was proven by the women that were already training at my gym. Like I said, they were doing four or five days a week. Nothing was nothing physically uh, was changing. And then they started this and they're like, I'm losing inches. And they were so excited. And we do these interval type workouts or HIIT workouts um, is what they're called. If you research like HIIT workouts are, are pretty big amongst women over 40 um, as far as being productive with the HIIT workouts and being shorter, like you can get them in at home, you can get them in wherever. And like, yep, people were overworking out. And, and mm-hmm. I was one of the biggest things I always felt like I, I wasn't doing enough. And so I was really stressed myself out. But um, you, you can get results from decreasing and just focusing that time on the right type of workout. So I would still do CrossFit uh, two to three times a week. So I was still doing it because I was getting that backlash of, well, what are you doing? You're not doing CrossFit anymore. Well, so I had, I still stayed in the gym and did CrossFit, but I was also doing these interval workouts on the side um, and they made a huge difference. And then I, I just tried walking and, and enjoying walking instead of always going out and trying to run as fast as I could. And, and mm-hmm. um, I tried to just use it also as a mindset thing. So then the second pillar is nutrition, which I like to use macros where we're really trying to increase the protein. So anything you read, women need more protein at this age, um, which I know, you know, um, just because we're losing bone density and we're losing muscle mass naturally. Um, so we're, we're trying to offset that a little bit. So you want to increase your protein which a lot of women, when I have them first do their pie chart and send it to me of like a week of average eating, they are, let's say 60% carbs, you know, 30% fat, and then 10% protein. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and they, they think they're eating protein. That's the thing. Most, most just aren't aware that they're not getting enough protein in their diet. So that's one thing is making them kind of see what they're, what they're already eating and like that we need to change it. We need to start adding some more protein in there. So that's one of the biggest things in the nutrition part is just increasing their protein and then eating quality foods. Cause a lot of people don't, you can eat macros, but you can eat terrible on macros. You could, you could eat protein, but it could be all, you know, not good protein. So it's also balancing all that out. And then with the nutrition too, it's finding, um, cause it, we don't want starvation. Like you said, the calories in calorie out, you got to starve yourself. Like nobody does good on those. You actually end up hurting yourself in the long run when you do that stuff to yourself. So it's also enjoying the things you want to enjoy. So there was no, let's limit this. It was, let's have some five, six good days. And then if you want to go out to dinner or it's your birthday, like go out and eat, don't worry about it for that meal. Like just make sure you get in a workout that day when, and the next day, instead of being like, well, let's just ruin the whole weekend. Now it was more, all right, let's get back on the horse and get in. Let's get in a walk or something like just, just keep moving through it. So I, I really try not to be like, you can't drink, you can't do this because people hate you right away when you tell them no drinking. You can drink in moderation and not totally kill your diet. So mm-hmm. I just had them drinking less because, um, you know, women like wine and beer and just d- 
or making better choices when they drink. So that was another thing. Like we found other options that were better than, you know, an IPA beer is like three to 400 calories. Like that's, that's a lot of calories for one can of beer. A lot of carbs too. Oh yeah. I've done a lot lot of of research on, on low calorie, low sugar alcohol, like the vodka and soda or the tequila and soda and things like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that because we're talking about a, a half about life, right? I mean, this is a nutrition lifestyle, not a diet. So it's got to be something you enjoy and something that you can do long-term. So I totally agree. Like anything that's completely restrictive is going to fail. And then as most of us know, like when we starve ourselves, just like Shelly was mentioning, you know, we're losing muscle as well as fat. And then our basal metabolic rates even lower. And then you eat a carrot and gain five pounds. And so it's this constant yo-yo. So keeping our muscle mass high is critical which we can't do without having protein. So just for those of you who don't know the lingo, when we're talking about macros, it's just, you know, the protein, carbs, fat, just big, big basic. I'm per, I don't know about you. I'm not into counting calories and little nitpicky stuff, just, you know, really making it a little bit more simple. Cause I mean, anything too difficult, I'm not going to do it, but I love the idea of just looking at, you know, how much protein am I eating? How much carbohydrate, how much fat, and, you know, a general idea of a calorie count, but some of these things that I've seen where patients have come in with diaries of every little tiny thing they ate and the oh, calorie yeah. count, it's just like, good Lord, it's going to take over your whole life. And so uh, we, we don't want this to take over your life. Yeah, I do. I do tell women, you know, it, it can be a pain to weigh and measure, but you almost have to do it for a period of time, even if it's a month to know, to know where you're at. Cause yeah, a lot of women, like I said, yeah. aren't aware. So it's just a period of time using my fitness pal, putting it in there. And then um, you start getting used to portions and whatnot. You don't mm-hmm. have to weigh a measure, but um, yeah, some, some people have uh, all sorts of things with those, what do you call them? The nutrition apps. Like there's mm-hmm. so many different nutrition apps. I just tend to use my fitness pal because it's been around forever. Um, and most foods are in there, but like now I don't use the app at all. Like once I got my, what I needed down and what actually was however many grams of protein I needed that day, it wasn't that, it wasn't that hard to keep track of, but women do have a hard time because they're busy, right? They don't want to have to put stuff in and input it. So if somebody's like that, I try to just get them to do non-processed foods, meats, vegetables, and fruits. And I just have them try to have protein at every meal and at least add up how much protein they're getting in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people I have to start like that because they don't have time, but it's all about just changing something enough to offset or to offset their macros, but also if they have a bad day, I tell them, listen, I want you to record that bad day. I want you to kind of guess what, what all you've eaten so they can see what a bad day does also to, you know, their macros for a day. Like they're like, man, I wasn't, you just don't think you do that much damage. And if you go like a day, but imagine if I'm going three days, I said, well, that's usually where people get in trouble. It's more than a day. It ends up being a weekend. And then you've kind of gone backwards. Um, so it's all about like enjoying yourself and then just getting, we call it getting right back on the horse the next day. So yeah, nutrition can be tricky for some with, for those with less time and, and can, can't focus on it, have kids. Yeah. Well, so, you know, and this will go in more to the, the mindset part, I think too. I, I personally in my life, and you may have experienced this too, and certainly many or most women have, I think spent so much of our lives being obsessed with food in one way or another, either too much or too little or dieting or trying to lose weight or just having this food obsession. So making it simple, it gives me so much freedom to just, okay, I don't have to be obsessed with it anymore. I've learned what these portions look like. I've got some basic rules that I can just follow. Um, 
you know, so we can live with it and just get on with thinking about more important things because this uh, food obsession, and I think, and you're a bit younger than me, I'm 54, but in our general generation, my experiences as younger women, that was so prevalent. And not to say that it's disappeared, I mean, it's still around, but I think I spent probably 50% of my waking hours when I was in my 20s thinking about food, like in one way or another, counting calories, not counting dieting, you know, worrying about it. What a massive waste of time. But yes, we, we need the knowledge yeah. so that we can just do the right thing and move on, right? And I think that's it's beautiful to simplify it that way. Um, and then just to recognize that this happens and you're not alone. You know, if you're gaining that extra 10, 15 pounds and you don't know why, and you feel like your muscles are shrinking, which they very well might be, and that the workouts you've been doing all your life are not getting the same outcome, you're not crazy. Like this is actually happening. And it happens to every single woman when we go through this hormonal change and there are solutions for it. So I love, I love all of that. That's amazing. So mindset. Oh yeah. Mindset. Yeah. So, so important, right? It's it's everything. It's all those limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. Like I can remember in the middle of perimenopause, not knowing I was in perimenopause and being so upset at myself. And so, I mean, I was exhausted, like I said, burning the candle at, at both ends, not really aware that I was so exhausted. And I remember, I remember specifically one time I walked in the, in the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and there was this flicker of unrecognition of who I was looking at. Um, my face was, you know, more, I don't know what, like I gained weight. So my face was more poofy. Um, I just felt gross in my clothes mm-hmm. and it's just these, and it's, you know, it's from what we learn, like growing up or as women and it, it's really hard. So a lot of what I battle and a lot of this is, is women's mindsets as far as, you know, believing that they can accomplish something or that, okay, you, you gain an extra 10, 20 pounds, like life isn't over, right? Like there's, there's still so much life to live. And not only that, but the mind, the light limiting belief that, okay, we're closing in on 50, life is over. We're old now. Like life is over. Um, now what do we do? Um, which I've heard a lot of my women that are over 50 and actually in perimenopause or postmenopause talking about that, you know, it's kind of like this life sentence that they always looked at it as, as you're closing in, it's like, Oh, but I've met so many amazing women through all this research and through doing the summit with you. And that there's so many women that are thriving through menopause and feel amazing and feel better than they did in their you know, twenties and thirties, cause their kids are out of the house and they can focus on themselves. And they're like my one client, Kim, who goes out and does mountain biking and kayaking and all this crazy stuff. Like she's living life. And I don't want to, you know, I, my lifespan of my family's like 85, 90. So I'm turning 45 next month and I want to enjoy the last half of my life. Um, you know, and, and be active and not be limited by some sort of limiting ability or, but, um, so it's all about changing that mindset that, you know, this, you can embrace this and you can, you can almost create a new you. Like you, you don't have the responsibilities you had when you were 30, you know, twenties and thirties. So like you can settle in and, and create a life that you want to create and do things that you want to do. So, um, it's just kind of breaking a lot of those barriers for women that exist that, you know, this is, I'm not, I'm not supposed to work out anymore or everything hurts. I shouldn't work out, which is, you know, we know the worst thing you can do. Um, it's just going to hurt worse later on. So, um, that's kind of the mindset. Um, just talking with somebody like the life coaching side, 
talking with somebody and just try really trying to keep them on task and keep them motivated that they can even just feel better in perimenopause or menopause with the symptoms. Like a lot of them, they're just struggling because they're not getting much sleep. They don't have energy to do this stuff that we want them to do, but you know, it's just kind of building those things up by living a better life. You'll start to have more energy and you'll start to have less hot flashes at night or night sweats, less weight gain, things like that, that are going to start that affect you mentally. So that's kind of the mindset piece of course, it goes in depth depending on who and how far and how long somebody struggled and how much they've suffered. Um, and also, to it, I think it matters if you have a supportive significant other. Um, I've met a lot of women that it's one or the other. Somebody's either really understanding and and knows that they're going through, you know, like let's say some mood swings, and they just kind of. But then there's some people like they're absolutely miserable with their significant other because the the person almost makes it worse because they're in no way trying to understand the person can't explain how they're feeling. And I only say this because I went through it myself and I had no idea what was going on. My relationship almost ended and it was, it's the best relationship I've ever been in. And, and me not even knowing what was going on with myself and not being able to communicate that what was going on. I kept saying there's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know. And so when I had an answer and I could put words to it and I could say, this is what, you know, I'm not the only one that goes through this. There's every woman goes through this. Mm -hmm. Um, It made my relationship better. Plus two, I could talk through the things I was going through instead of just, you know, maybe I was having a a bad day or my anxiety was high, which, you know, then set you off with the mood. So it was like, I could communicate like, listen, I'm having some anxiety today um, and just kind of talk about it. So that too, I think helps with mindset. If you have somebody that you can talk to, whether it's a friend or your significant other, um, all that's important. Um, just for getting through it and feeling good about yourself. You don't want somebody who's emotionally abusing you over the stuff you're going through. Right. Well, and vice versa too. And I can say when I was going through perimenopause, I was a nasty witch frequently, and I didn't understand where that was coming from. And it, you know, it really can be a pretty scary time uh, for mood swings. And, and then what you were alluding to earlier, this, this, all these limiting beliefs about aging, which can get really piled on when we start realizing we're not fertile anymore, we're getting older. So this happened to me around 47, just, just a whirlwind of negative thoughts about shit. Like I, what, you know, I'm not relevant anymore. Now I'm, I hadn't thought about this before, but I didn't want any more children, but I, I would like that to be my choice, not because I'm not fertile. So, so now, now what, like we're getting older, what's our place in society. We're not sexy anymore. All of those things that, that I challenge on this podcast all the time, but how it fits in with this, what you're doing, um, which is primarily with exercise and health and diet. It's so important just as an example. And I, you know, I'm an athlete. I've been working out my whole life doing different things, just like Shelly. And when I was in perimenopause, I can't tell you the number of times I drove to the gym or the pool or whatever I was doing. And I sat in the parking lot for 20 minutes and I turned around and went home. I was just like, not feeling it. I was tired. I didn't care. I'm like, what's the point anymore? I'm, I'm, you know, just really felt defeated. And I meet a lot of women like that who just say, okay, yeah, you can tell me to go do I, I, Dr. Burns course and I and, and eat this nutrition, but I don't have the motivation. I don't have the energy. I'm exhausted. I'm not sleeping. My testosterone zeros. I mean, 
so in combination with hormonal management, I, I really think that helps because um, yeah, we can decide to do something, but if I wake up in the morning and just feel like crap, yeah, it's a lot harder to go to the gym. And then when I feel terrible, or maybe I've said something terrible and I feel guilty and shameful about it, then I want to eat ice cream and there's just a <laughs> downhill spiral. So the, the mindset is so important. And if we can slowly change that and get rid of those limiting beliefs. And so I think working with a coach is great. And I'm also a coach too. And we, you and I, I'm sure fit coaching into our regular daily interactions with people. Cause it's just sort of part of the, what we do. That. If you're in like, I've learned like group settings too. So like when I do my one-on-one, um, not one-on-one, my group coaching calls, that was one of the things the ladies liked the most is that they, they didn't feel alone when they would hear other women talking about their struggles. They were like, so it also helped their mindset to be like, listen, this person's doing so good on this program. I can do this. Like if they're getting results and they're feeling better. So like they would get on and talk about like their increased energy and like, man, I was the first time I went on this hike or my husband asked me to do this. And you know, I, we went and we enjoyed it, went on this trip and walked around forever. Um, you know, it's, it's that too, like the support of the community, a community of women, uh, wherever mm-hmm. you find that at. Um, but I just know like super supportive and you learn from, you learn from others. I learned a lot from the women in my group and it's just nice to be able to share about maybe you're having painful sex or you have no libido and, and you're getting a hard time for it maybe, or and, and they would talk about it and made other women feel good. They're like, oh, I just thought that was something, you know, mm-hmm. I was going through. They weren't, a lot of women aren't even aware of the symptoms of perimenopause to even know how to help themselves. So I felt like too, like the mindset, just being in that community helped a lot of women break a lot of those limiting beliefs that they had. And they're like, okay, it's been a hard week or two in this program, but now like I see other people are, are feeling so good. Like, I'm just going to stick with it. And I'm always like, just stick with it. Like, you can feel better within two weeks of a program. You can feel really good after four weeks. You know what I mean? And then you're just stacking on for life. So it's just getting through those small wins. Like women as women, we need these small wins. Otherwise it's hard to keep going. So we need like constant, like, Oh, this happened. I feel good doing this. Oh, I did moved up in dumbbell weights or, Oh my gosh, this was my first week where I didn't um, have any alcohol or, or whatever it may be, you know? Um, it's yeah, just so that's so good. Way. That's so great. I, I just love that. The, and just the sh- story sharing is um, critical, I think, in, in my women's circle and in the office and then in formats like this, just hearing stories where you can say these things that we've held so privately because they, we feel shame around them or um, just felt like we're the only one just to hear, oh, gosh, I have that too. I really, you know, that me too feeling like I, I have that too. I'm not alone. Uh, which is such a beautiful feeling because that, that feeling alone is a deal killer for just about everything, certainly for exercising, for intimate relationships, for, um, you know, for being happy. So yeah, what a great idea to add some other, you know, to have it in a group setting sometimes. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, so this is all about self-care, isn't it? I mean, taking care of your own health is, is such a generous act for yourself and then for the people around you. But what, what other recommendations do you have? That's your fourth pillar of self-care. Self-care. Um, oh, this is one I was terrible at myself. I didn't give myself me time. I didn't focus on myself as far as that little bit of downtime you need to, you know, recenter yourself. So I started... I'm not the biggest yoga or meditator. I'm not knocking on it in any way, but my brain doesn't allow me to 
uh, relax sometimes. So yoga for me, I was already exercising. So I didn't want to go to yoga and also feel like I was exercising, which some of the yogas are more intense, right? I preferred the yoga where it was um, restorative yoga, where you did a lot of lying and focusing on your breath work. I found mm-hmm. breath work was a very good way for me to decrease my anxiety naturally. Um, so like yoga and meditation, but my whole point in the self-care is to just get, I still have some moms. So they, they have a very hard time making time for themselves, even if it's five minutes. And they're like, I have no time for myself. Most of them, I have no time for myself. I'm like, come on, you, you have five minutes. So I sometimes start with women, just getting them to put five minutes in a day, whether it's they're getting up early or they're, you know, they're just right before they go to bed when the kids are quiet and their husband's leaving them alone or whatever it might be. Um, and just doing something for themselves. And it ends up being, they're like, listen, I, I started with five minutes. I'm, I'm up to 30 minutes of just reading this book that I wanted to read or just making the time to go get a massage or to go get a manicure if you want a manicure, but just those little things, you just go off by your, you schedule them, you do it by yourself. But a lot of women, they're like, oh, I, I do self-care. And I'm like, well, what do you do? Oh, I get a massage once every couple months. I'm like, no, I, I want you to do something for yourself once a week minimum, like 20 minutes once a week. And if you can make that something daily, great. Like some people like to journal. I'm not the biggest journal because again, sitting there, um, but some people love that type of thing. And I'm like, just whatever you got to do, listen to music, listen to a podcast, go for a walk. And like, I started just going for a walk for not, not for exercise, but for, you know, I tried to listen to the sounds and appreciate being alive and that I can move. Um, so self-care became mm-hmm. more along the lines of scheduling something for yourself in that week that you knew was your time and that it wasn't going to change. Like, didn't matter what came up that 20 minutes or whatever you scheduled is for you. Um, and a lot of women, like we're very creative in what they came up with for those self-care ideas. Like for me, it's just to, to try to still my mind without getting anxiety was key for me. So now that I can do the restorative yoga, I can do it on my own. Um, going for walks or hikes to me are a relaxing sort of self-care for the mind, not the body. And um, yeah, it, it is really important to take those. Now I love me time. I almost, if I don't get it in a week, by the end of the week, I'm like, uh, I need some, I need to go. <laughs> I need some me time. Mm-hmm. So now I like crave it. Whereas before it was like, I hated being by myself. I hated that time where that downtime. And now it's like, my body looks forward to it. And so does my, my mind. And yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important to, to look at this in a holistic way. So you've got the fitness aspect, which is key nutrition, which is probably the biggest key in my experience when women are talking about trying to change their body composition, but the, the mindset and self-care we, we can't ignore. And I think we, we have ignored that for so long. It's just, well, go to the gym and do your workout. And, you know, until recently, maybe the last five, 10 years, I wasn't hearing people talking about making, um, you know, yoga, meditation, self-care, challenging, limiting beliefs, all of these kind of ideas as important a part of your healthcare as those other elements, because I mean, the, our mind is drives everything. Our mindset is the key to everything we're going to achieve or all of the places we're going to find barriers. And then the other thing that you mentioned is that when we get into that more relaxed state and we're able to uh, calm our own anxiety with these techniques that we've learned, whether it's breathing or walking or yoga, that does lower our cortisol. We sleep better, 
all of a sudden we start going into fat burning mode. So I've seen patients who have literally started losing weight simply by sleeping better and doing some stress reduction without even doing the other things. Uh, because, you know, when we're living in this high stress world, which is pretty normal for this um, Western culture that we're in, everybody's cortisol is high. And if we're not doing something to address it, that's, that's why everybody's getting fat around the middle. And, um, you know, we just can't ignore that anymore. It's real science. It's uh, yoga and meditation used to be a little on the woo woo side, but they're, they're not anymore. I mean, um, this stuff studied at Harvard and Stanford and it's real science. So now yeah, listen to Dr. Shelley too. We've got to add that into whatever program that we're doing. And then we feel happier too. I mean, it's a, it's about feeling happy. Yeah, one, of the, one of the things about yoga was that it wasn't hard enough. So I like when my friends would try to get me to go before perimenopause and they're like, come to yoga. And I was like, I would go and I'm like, that's not a workout. If I have an hour, I'm going to go torture my body is how I, hmm. so like, I wouldn't do something like that. But then afterwards, when my friend was like, come try that, it's restorative yoga. It's for, it's for breath work and things like that. And I was like, all right, I'll try it because I was already working out. That's the thing. I didn't want to add more workouts to my day. I was trying to decrease my workouts. Um, and so that was a great way is those slow flow, not really strained hold positions in yoga. And then just over time, getting to where I could do it at my house and play some, play some of the guided meditations, which I love the guided. Cause like next thing you know, you're walking in a forest and you know, I love that stuff now, but before I, yeah, I thought of it as woo woo, like he said, but, um, now I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that time and I can tell my body needs it. And it just makes me feel better. Even if it's to start my day or halfway through my day or whatever it may be. Yeah. It helps me. I have to, I am a chronic insomniac. So everybody who's listened to my podcast knows about that, but, um, hormones help with that. But I listen to sleep meditations every single night. Um, it's, it's so helpful to help you calm your mind. And then after you listen to hundreds of them, you can just do them on your own. So, um, yeah, so, so wonderful. and so holistic. I love this way of approaching health. Um, and you know, perimenopause is a time where this might be the first time you've ever sort of felt invincible. I know it was for me, like I, you know, everything sort of works at a certain point when you're in your twenties and thirties, and then all of a sudden we've got to put a little more thought into it. And so, um, so Shelly's put together these programs. So tell us a little bit about, cause I know we're almost at the end of your time. Tell us a little bit about, we'll put these links below about how we can reach you. Um, everyone's making new year's um, visions, resolutions, commitments uh, this next week. Cause we're right at the end of the year. So you could even start a course on January 3rd with Shelly, if you wanted to, right. And then yeah. I could check out your other stuff. How, how can they look into that? So the, the best place where everything's listed is drshellyburns.com, D-R-S-H-E-L-L-Y-B-U-R-N-S.com. That's the link where you can see all my courses and challenges. But the one coming up January 3rd is, um, it's called I'm Over This Hormone Shit Six-Week Blueprint. (laughs) Oh, I love the name. Yeah. Um, It is a six-week. It's kind of like my big program of 12 weeks, but brought down and more into the group. So live group coaching, uh, workbooks. I give you the workouts, um, nutrition, um, support. And, uh, so that will also be listed on my, on that page, drshellyburns.com. But also if you join my Facebook group, menopausesecrets.com or menopause secrets there, that will be in there too. Like I post the links of challenges going on and courses and motivational stuff. So again, 
that would be um, menopause secrets or our private Facebook group, which anybody's welcome. And you get a little bit more insight in that is uh, our, I'm going to make sure I say it right, is maneuvering. It's, it's based off the summit. So it's maneuvering menopause community um, and the menoposse, I call it. So that's, <laughs> I love it. that's our private group where you, you get more community feel in that one. So, well, you have some cool names for all this stuff. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, it means such a pleasure. It's such a wealth of information. So I know our listeners are going to love to check all of that out. And we'll put all of those links below. So Shelly, I think we're going to have to have you come back and talk some more because um, our time just flew by. I feel like we've been talking for 10 minutes and I realize we're at the end of your time, but um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I want to thank you so much for what you're doing for women and, um, you know, getting the word out there and helping women to understand that this truly can be the best time of our lives and not to fall into those limiting beliefs. And um, this is what I've been teaching too. And I'm just so glad to have you on my team. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for also being on my summit because it talking to people that have been doing this for a while, really, especially someone who's in, in their fifties, it just gives me hope like that. There's still a community out there, people, women supporting women and just trying to get women to feel better. And like you said, living life to their fullest and, and enjoying life at this during this time and not thinking it's the last half of your life and it's it's just downhill from here it can be it can you can live you can live to the fullest and enjoy life so yeah so thank you for having me on it's just getting better so thank (laughs) thank you all for listening we hope you enjoyed this um show and once again we just changed the name so this was the first episode with the new name of Empowering Midlife Wellness. So if you liked it, we'd love you to leave some comments, uh, share, uh, rate if you can. That's the best way to get this information out there to other women. And I'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks again, Shelly. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.